Are you ready for friends that you can say anything to? We got you. I'm Wendy, founder of Bloom Wellness. And I'm Sin, Liberation Life Coach, and you're listening to Truth Tuesday, Liberation Through Radical Honesty. Hey there, you're listening to Truth Tuesday. Today we will be addressing befriending grief. Grief comes in many, I want to say shapes and sizes. There's a variety. For some of us, it can be a relationship. It can be a physical loss of a loved one. It can be, you know, an old version of yourself, a friendship, a job. It can be a home, a change of environment, a pet. There's so many things that we can experience grief with. So today we'll be touching upon that. Um, and to start us off, Cynthia, you want to give us a little overview? Yeah. Grief, I think it's a perfect time to talk about, especially right now in the collective with everything that is happening. I believe that many people are awakening to deeper emotions and feelings about everything that is happening right now in the world and we've been so conditioned and normal it's been normalized to just suppress and repress and pretend and avoid and keep carrying on and fake it till you make it right but there's so much happening not even just in the world but within our own communities within our own families And when we don't acknowledge grief, that's when it manifests in so many different um, ways that are not serving us. And so I think right now is the perfect time to really unpack, you know, um, grief specifically like through our lived experiences and how we used to experience grief in the past, which for me was pretty much non-existent because I spent all my life, you know, not even knowing what grief was. And then the point where we honored grief or learned about grief and where we are now at with grief. And like you said previously, that you can experience feelings of grief with pretty much any life experience. I mean, I can go through something that can cause grief for me and you can go through something similar, but you won't maybe feel the same grief or the same depth or intensity. And I think that's part of why we also gaslight ourselves or dismiss ourselves because it's like, well, they're not feeling grief for this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like let's say for example, the mass shooting that just recently happened. I mean, there's so many, right? Like, your coworker or your relative may feel grief and you're like, I don't feel anything or vice versa. Like, why do I feel so much? And they're not feeling anything. And I think the key isn't comparing who's feeling what I think it, it's just honoring what you're feeling. Do you feel something say, okay, I feel something. You don't feel something that's okay. And if it comes up later, just honor it at that time. But I think it's, it's, it has a lot to do with, understanding what grief is first and so what i would love for us to talk about is what happened in our lives 
when we didn't even know what grief was and how it manifested and, and how that affected us. And so, um, I don't know, do you want to share maybe, um, and like a point in your life where you didn't necessarily know that you were experiencing grief, but then in like retrospect, you're like, Oh, that was definitely grief grief. And I was just sort of, you know, just going along with life and not surrendering to it. Oh gosh. There, there's a lot of different times that I can address it, but more recently, like I'll stick to the recent, (laughs) this, this like past month uh, about a little over three weeks ago, I broke two of my toes and, you know, and then I have a fracture and it was obviously like as I'm experiencing the shock as I was, you know, I had this 45 pound weight and I dropped it on my, my foot. I moved my foot fast enough so it only caught my two toes. And even in that moment, um, I suppressed and suppressed. I didn't cry. I didn't scream. I didn't, I didn't react to it. I just kept it together. And in that moment, I was trying to still walk and move around after what just happened. So the initial shock happens. I'm in, I'm in this state of, like I said, it's just like fight or flight. I'm the adrenaline's flowing and I'm moving and I had to pretty much be, I feel like forced to receive help. And I was carried down the stairs when my shoe had come off with, you know, the sock, although there's blood everywhere. And um, I remember people kind of sprung into action to help me grab my stuff and so I could go to the hospital. And at that moment, I was sitting in, uh, in the passenger seat. And as, as this adrenaline rush is, is leaving my body, all of a sudden, I had to, I had to embrace um, this, this moment of surrender where I was fighting it. I was fighting it. And, and part of the grief is I knew I was probably going to lose function of this entire leg mm. for a certain amount of time. So this is all like rushing towards me and this is, I'm experiencing everything at the same time. And I was, I had to surrender to the pain, mm-hmm. but it came with grief because I knew shit, like I'm not going to be able to move around as easily and it took so much energy to fight this uh this pain or to to fight acknowledging it Mm -hmm. so in that moment i i said it out loud i said i surrender to the pain and it came and it was like a wave of grief came over me i started crying and everything else happened it was really difficult um and literally losing two toes and having to change the way you move, um, it does impact you severely. Mm-hmm. So you lose your two arms because you're on crutches and you're losing that leg. So you don't have the stability. You can't carry things the way you used to. I couldn't exercise the way I used to. So I have a lot more, I think, a lot of awareness around my body now because mm-hmm. of that. So I started grieving my ability to move and I didn't even want to admit to that so I sat with it and you know I opened up to someone about it and I started crying about how difficult this was but I didn't at that point understand that I was experiencing grief because it doesn't even in my head it's like it doesn't make sense 
Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got injured. It was an injury. Who cares? Like, I'll mm-hmm. get better. It's not going to last forever. So, yes, we can try to bypass and be as positive as you want to be. But at the end of the day, we have to actually embrace it. And, and we have to look at this grief. It's a child, right? And we have to hold it. And this relationship with grief, instead of looking at it as a bad thing, like, oh, yeah, I have to be strong. Mm-hmm. Because as aware as I am, I still went there. Mm-hmm. I'm strong. I don't have to. I don't have to do this. I don't have to be sad about it. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It's going to be a limited amount of time. It still sucks. Mm-hmm. It was horrible, and mm-hmm. it hurt me. So having to to admit that I lost something in this loss of of momentum, even mm-hmm. that was that felt like death. That that version of me died that day, mm-hmm. and. And it's not a bad thing. So that's the the relationship also like when you start coming into that awareness. Grief is not a bad thing. When we're suppressing it, it can turn into rage and anger because you don't know what these feelings are. And then you end up acting out on them. Mm-hmm. And you end up hurting people. Yeah. Because you're lashing out or you're having these, I don't even know, these episodes of, well, fuck, nobody cares. And you don't even know what it is because you haven't identified it. Because right. everyone acts like you should be strong, suck it up, it's fine, it's not a big deal. And literally, you can have grief over anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's even what, what happened recently with this, this shooting. I see so many people shaming other people for not springing into action, not knowing everybody deals with it differently. Some mm-hmm. people need to be silent some people want to sit with it some people are so tired and exhausted of all of this that they don't know what to do with it anymore mm-hmm. it's exhaustion but everyone wants to be you know everybody wants to be the leader in this revolution it's like okay chill the fuck out and really acknowledge that everyone expresses themselves differently if i'm happy i may deal with it a certain way mm-hmm. if i'm sad the same is truth and grief looks different like for everyone too right so i think that's in the recent like in my recent history that's the the grief in my life just losing mm-hmm. my mobility um it's a, it's been a nightmare but i've i feel like i've dealt with it as best as i can mm-hmm. but acknowledging that it has been hard yeah was hard yeah but after I did then I was able to release this attachment to you know the strong version of me and that just it's been a lot lighter and I I can imagine people that are going through any kind of grief because I have friends that you know have experienced um, cancer and all these things like no one understands that that old version of their life there's grief there too Right. Or the relationships they had with their families before. It's like that doesn't exist anymore because, you know, there's always loss involved in any of these things. Right. So it's a lot of shit. But, I mean, that's 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 the most recent thing for me. But, yeah, we'll, we'll go on to you now. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that, you know, when we were talking about grief, a lot of people that don't understand it or haven't connected with that part of themselves yet they might look at you and be like, Wendell, like, you're going to be fine in a few months. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the big deal? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Why are you crying? It's a whole George Lopez joke. Yeah. And I think the key is in understanding that 
we will never ever ever be able to understand or empathize with another until we meet ourselves in that space right and i have a very long relationship with grief and i call it a relationship because that's exactly what it is for me i when i was younger i was always very in like attuned to my emotions but i was perceived as being too sensitive or overly emotional and so at some point i started to internalize that message and so when i started to feel something i'd be like cynthia you're making a big deal out of this stop it and so then it started to manifest in in the suppression of it and the lashing out and the moodiness the irritability like of course i'm irritable i have this this friend let's call grief friend this friend of that's like knocking on my door and i'm like what do you want you're annoying get out of here and it's like constant knocking on the door like i'm here to visit and you're like dude this is so annoying and so you just feel annoyed you feel irritated and you don't know why and this is the other part is like a lot of people are um not emotionally mature or emotionally competent in that they don't know what a feeling or an emotion feels like what it looks like what it sounds like there's i've I've worked with many people that i coach where they're not able to understand their own feelings and they're like what is this you know how do i know when i'm feeling my feelings and that's part of the process right and there's like a whole we feel uh what is it the feelings wheel i love that wheel because there are so many different ways to experience ourselves through feelings that help us understand ourselves and others when we go through grief Mm -hmm. and so for me um at some like when i finally surrendered to the grief it was with a divorce and so that's why the divorce affected me as much as it did and it was because it was like a culmination of many things that i felt grief for in the past that I suppressed so it wasn't just the divorce it was like a tsunami of wave after wave after wave of all the different ways that I didn't honor myself and because once I felt the grief from that divorce the separation I'm like wait I know this feeling this this feels really familiar where have I felt this before and then I would reflect back and I'd be like oh my gosh that was grief why didn't I you know acknowledge it and then realizing all the different times that I betrayed myself in that because, way. Because nobody ever modeled that. Because no, and, and because the story was stop, stop crying, stop overreacting. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I get it, right? Like there is a point in our journey, like you and I, we're in a place where we have such a great relationship with grief. We acknowledge it. We honor it. We invite it in for tea. We ask it, what What are you here to teach us? Let's have a conversation, right? But we worked on that relationship with grief. And so now we're able to move through it um, more quickly, more efficiently, because we have befriended grief. But so in the past... We're not labeling it as bad. Because it's not bad. Right. We're not afraid to feel our feelings and our emotions and acknowledge that the thing that is causing us grief is worthy of feeling grief over right it's because we acknowledge that these connections or these the the pet the job the relationship that we lost was worthy it is worthy and so when we don't acknowledge the grief and the loss that came with it we're dismissing the value it had in our life you know 
and the truth is that everything has value in our life there's a purpose and a meaning for everything and so when we and it's it's also like a form of protecting ourselves right yes so if i don't feel the, the loss you know or acknowledge the the validity or the value of this thing then i don't have to feel the loss because i didn't lose anything you didn't mean anything to me so it didn't hurt so i'll move on you know? but but when we do that also we're not we're not present so real time we're not present mm-hmm. So when we're afraid of grief or when we don't acknowledge it, this is what we start doing. We start living in a different timeline. I feel like we're not, I'm not going to be here because I can't be here because if I am here, if I feel exactly the way that Mm -hmm. I do feel right now, and if this is real, that means that the opposite is true. I can lose all of this. Yeah. And that's going to hurt. So let me sabotage. Yeah. So grief, this relationship with grief, when you don't have it, you start, you start sabotaging a lot of things in your life because mm-hmm. you don't want to feel it. Yeah. But yeah, that's, it's really important that we, like I said, acknowledge it. For me, it's what you had said too. You reminded me of when I was a kid, I had too many feelings. You're too emotional. Mm-hmm. Why do you let everything get to you? Why are you crying? Mm-hmm. It didn't happen to you. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. That one. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's what what makes us empaths, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if I saw that, and this is why, and this is a trigger warning for anyone that's out there for um, like domestic violence and child abuse, but growing up, I personally wasn't the one that was hit. Mm. And I know a lot of people that have trauma and they're healing through all that, they were. So I, I can't identify with being the one that was hurt in that way. But watching and witnessing my brother every day, it's as if you would have done it to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the power in how connected we are, right? Like it doesn't, I don't have to wait for something like that to happen to me for me to want to protect you, for me to want to speak up for you. And I think that's one of the things that we can learn to do in this society is like, why do we have to experience something in order to speak up for someone who's going through it like why do i have to go through poverty to understand that you're worthy of like being helped but it's you know what it made me remember too it's like some of the research shows that bystanders to violence for example suffer more like mental health or they have more mental health issues than the people that actually experience the abuse Oh really? I didn't know this. Yeah, say I, more. I think say I saw more. something. It was something like that. I could, I can probably look at. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I saw that, and then there was something about. And then you remember that whole thing when we talked about this before. It's like a child that's neglected hurts more than one. That, that is yeah, abused. that I know. So it's it's all these things that you mm-hmm. start noticing. But I've I've sat in a room where someone's being verbally abused, and I've had to say something. But even even when I do stand up for it, like it felt painful and that hurt okay i see that yeah yeah so i feel like even there's an amount of grief there where you're i'm grieving the loss of this person's identity in that space because you can see like there there's a self-betrayal and people don't know how to show up for themselves and they don't want to be sensitive or Mm -hmm. whatever it is so they'll let go of that part of themselves and it's just kind of like they go numb they leave their body okay I, I can see, I'm still going back to the, the, the thing that you just said about how the w- people who witness interpersonal violence, for example, it affects them in a different way than the, the actual people that are being abused. This makes sense because if you think about trauma and when you're, when you're going through something traumatic, like, yeah, you dis- disassociate 
to protect yourself. You literally feel yourself disconnect and float away from your body in that moment. But when you, it's not happening to you, I'm so aware. I'm actually watching it. I'm observing. I'm connected to my body as I'm watching this happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that hyper-awareness. Because I was. Like, every every moment that I witnessed, like, it's ingrained in my brain. Versus, like, when something traumatic happens to you, you don't, the memories are blurry, right? Yes. They're, you, they're completely, like, blocked out because you were disconnected. Yeah. But because I'm there, like, I have it replaying over and over and over. and Well, not anymore, but before. It was replaying over and over and over again. So every time that I would get into, like, let's say in an argument with my mom or my stepdad or, you know, back at home, that's the movie that was replaying in my head. And so when I would react to them, it was as if I was reacting to that version of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why we kept getting stuck in these cycles because Cynthia had a really good memory. Cynthia never, ever, ever let them forget what they did. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No. no. Yeah. Now I don't. Now I don't bring it up. I've let it go because I've healed. Um, but I can see like why that happens. But there was so much grief. I had to transmute and release and purge so much from those experiences after it was safe right because there was a point where like now you know I'm, i've created a safe space in my home so it feels safe for me to to surrender to my feelings you know what it just made it just brought up for me this this conversation um even in those moments where you've connected to those versions of your family members there's grief in releasing that version mm-hmm. because yeah. they effectively have to die for you to let them go and you know even in your head and Mm -hmm. versions of me have had to die for me to move forward Mm -hmm. and I I swear it's like and I've said this a million times it's like I've had a million deaths and rebirths and Mm -hmm. yeah so if you're out there sunflowers there's a lot of versions of me that are you know there's a whole burial (laughs) site you know full of old Wendy's Um, I feel like I have probably a funeral every day so now mm-hmm. honoring, instead of being sad about, because I would hold on to those versions of me so tightly mm-hmm. that when I finally let go, it felt like a piece of me was missing. And now mm-hmm. it's more of a version of, let me honor you. Thank you so much. This is lighter. I, I still love you. Mm-hmm. You're great. I didn't let you go, old version of Wendy, because you were horrible. I let you go because it was time to go. Right. And you're no longer serving me. Yeah. But, yeah, it's 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 so much... Yeah, the grief and everything, because I think even society, the way society... People have this notion that society used to be better. Oh. I don't remember that. I don't right. remember it ever being better. And yeah. I remember drive-bys when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw someone get shot when I was like fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. And even then, when I was in shock and crying, um, I remember someone saying like, why are you crying? You didn't even know him. Right. Yeah. So you can imagine being a little kid and it's like you you just saw something happen. Mm-hmm. And I was just, it was horrible and it was scary. Mm-hmm. I'm crying and I'm like, I'm not allowed to cry because I didn't know the neighbor that just got right. shot. So I'm yeah. like, are you fucking joking me? Now, and I was an adult, right? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many times in my life where I wasn't allowed to feel my feelings. So I taught myself how to gaslight any kind of emotion mm-hmm. or grief. Because this is so the relationship with grief, it was not a good one. Yeah. It was tumultuous. It was 
It was like a violent, I was rejecting it. I wanted to put it, I suppressed it. I wanted to suffocate it. I wanted to kill it. So yes, it was this friend knocking and I was like, fuck you. I need to drown you out. Let me push you underwater until you die. Mm-hmm. Thing is, it never dies. Grief doesn't die. It just changes into something else. Yeah. But yeah, here we are. <laughs> We're not actually dead. We survived. Yes, and we keep surviving. But releasing this and acknowledging mm-hmm. and honoring it, it's like other people know how to do that. I mean, it's part of their culture. Yeah. But for us, it's like if something horrible happens, and people have mentioned it on social media, if something like this would happen, a national tragedy, people would take a day off. Mm-hmm. Let's mourn. Yeah. That doesn't happen here because capitalism is, you know, in full effect and mm-hmm. we got to keep moving and the world needs to keep moving and yeah. fuck your feelings. So it's one of those things, it's like money over feelings, and that's creating more chaos. Yeah. And more disassociation in our society. So if you can't connect with yourself, uh, of course you're not going to connect with when you're inflicting pains on pain on others. Right. Because you can't even connect to yourself. Right. So that's part of the problem. Right, yeah. And when I think about the, the grief, when I started to connect with it and like letting it do its thing... I was able to recognize it more easily later. So, uh, like the grief with that comes with the loss of previous versions of yourself. Um, and not just of myself, but you take it even a step further, but the versions of my kids, right? Because they're growing and they're becoming their own person. And I don't hear this conversation enough, or maybe I, I just I haven't aligned with the people that have these conversations Mm -hmm. but like I grieve my kids so often because they're growing up so fast that like my daughter just turned 11 and we gave her her first cell phone and there's a version of her that didn't have a cell phone and when you have a cell phone Something happens, right? It's like a kind of like a rite of passage Mm -hmm. in our society. It means that now she's going to be more accessible to other people, you know, including her friends and, you know, social, not so, well, yeah, I can't, social media, yeah, you know, YouTube and all that stuff. And I don't want to like shelter her either. Like there has to be boundaries in place. But anyway, part of, the grief that we experience is in allowing our kids <laughs> to grow into a new version of who they're meant to be. But a lot of the parent-child like conflict that I've I've been witnessing comes comes from parents not being willing to accept that their kids are not kids anymore. They're becoming adolescents. They're becoming young adults. And so then we try to control. We try to enable like. Um, you know, or not enable, um, we try to keep them in that role. Well, even when you're 40 and your mom wants you to exactly. be that old version of yourself where they want to, oh my gosh, they want to control you. And, you know, so it's like they, they're remembering you as that 11 year old yeah. version that was compliant. Yeah. They don't, they, they haven't grieved that. And so they haven't given the space for the adult, beautiful, divine feminine that you have become. The one that can take care of herself. The one that can meet her own needs and knows how to ask for help and that you're going to be okay. Like, a lot. Especially our parents. Mm. 
they they don't they haven't accepted us like you could be married with kids and your parents would still be like <laughs> trying to tell you how to live your life and i i firmly believe that it comes from not just their own trauma but also their um not knowing how to grieve who you used to be and so they're still treating you as you know the irresponsible kid in college that was maxing her credit cards yeah, I did that. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I'm not that. I'm not that kid anymore. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you can experience grief and everything. And I think the key to moving through and navigating through life with balance is allowing grief to come into our life, embracing it, and asking it like. Why are you here, grief? What do you have to show me? Because that's what grief is. Grief is like a lifelong friend that you bring with you because there's loss all the time. And it's not Every, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a bad thing. So you're going to have to befriend grief. To add, It's even like a if coping you wanna mechanism. Grow. If you want to grow. If you want to grow. <laughs> right. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck. Yeah, if you want to be stagnant, you're good. Don't deal with grief. Take a nap, do your thing, suppress forever. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. But I think for people, if you're a little bit, like for me, it's like, yes, this sucks, but I have to keep moving. This mm-hmm. sucks. So going back to this grief, I've had to embrace um, a different, oh, a different level, a different level of mobility, a different, uh, a different capacity of doing, or, you know. What my current status is, it's like, okay, I can only do so much. There's limitations, but that doesn't mean that physically mm-hmm. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So you go with it. You go with the flow. You do as much as you can. You keep on moving. So I'm not saying if you let grief in, you might have, you know, a day or two where you need to just chill out and yeah. be with yourself. But that doesn't mean that you can't exist or, you know. Right. And But when you let it build up, which I did it before. Mm-hmm. I was out of commission. I can tell you, you remember, it was a couple of days I was just out of commission mm-hmm. because I was expe- like experiencing so much grief. I was drowning in it. I felt like I was dying, literally. Mm-hmm. There was so much pain in my body because people forget when you suppress it, it will manifest in your body. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, it, I was exhausted. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to do anything, but that's, that's what it does to you. Mm-hmm. And... Once I started letting go or acknowledging the grief, then it was different. It's like, okay, I see you. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Let's let's go. Let's mm-hmm. keep moving. So it's made my life a lot easier to, yeah, befriend grief. It's like, let's hold hands. Here, get in the yeah. car. Let's fucking go to the store. You know, or before it's like, oh, no, I have to hide the grief under my bed or let me stay wherever yeah. I'm at. Otherwise, people are going to see that I'm sad. I'm like, if I have to fucking cry and it's a problem for you, I'm sorry that you're uncomfortable. But yeah. this is what I'm processing. So, you know, I, there was a point where I was just pissed off about it. And if someone was watching, it's like, is anything wrong? I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me feeling my feelings. So it's almost like I was pissed off about you. Are you okay? I'm fine. This is okay. So I got really defensive. And it's like, I just wanted everyone to like, fuck off. Leave me alone. Yeah. Get out of my way. If I'm crying, I'm crying. Um. I had days where I was going to the gym and I'm like weight training. Thank God for the mask at that time. But I was grieving the loss of life as I knew it. Mm-hmm. And 
I was fucking bawling. I couldn't stop crying. The flow of like it was it was like something hit struck a nerve and I was just releasing. Yeah. So not shaming myself about it and it's like I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But I'm not dead. Yeah. Which if I'm feeling the feelings, I'm very much alive. Right. So if you guys are out there feeling your feelings, you're alive. Yeah, it's an it's a reminder that, you know, you you can you're still breathing. Yeah. And also I wanted to briefly touch on the loss of expectations and ideas because that's a big one, right? We create these stories and we don't know which ones are going to actually fully manifest into something Mm -hmm. and which ones are just (laughs) passing through. And so the ones that are just passing through are the ones that we have to grieve, you know, and, and a big one. And I know a lot of people have resonated with this in the past and probably will again is the expectations that we have of other people and their who they are in our lives, the roles that we want them to play, especially with our parents, right? We want them to fit a specific expectation and idea of who we want them to be, and then they don't show up as that because they're wounded or they have trauma or what have you. And then who's upset and disillusioned and disappointed and feeling all the suffering? It's us because of these expectations. And it's it's not meant to for us to suffer through mm-hmm. um if we feel that it's because we've been provided a contrast of what it could be right because for me when i talk about grieving the expectations that i had for my mom for example the reason why i was even able to get to that point was because i started meeting people like outside of what i knew I started to meet people that had positive, healthy relationships with their moms. And that was so mind-blowing for me. And I was like, whoa, that's a thing? Like, she doesn't throw a chancla at you from the kitchen? Like, she she talks to you, like, you know, nice and like, oh, Mia, like, I love you. And, you know, they cheer you on, they support you. Like, that's, that's a possibility. And then you start to think, fuck, I didn't have that. I don't have that. Does that mean I'm not worthy? Mm. Right? But it's not, and that's normal. That's part of the process if that's where you're at. I don't want to dismiss or invalidate, but it's not, you know, when you're ready, it's not meant to keep you in suffering perpetually forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it just means that you just accept your parents where they're at. You love them. You can forgive them if you're ready. And you don't have to have a relationship with them. You can set your boundaries. There's so many skills and tools that you can use to help you get to a place where you're you just accept that that's what it is right right and maybe not today you don't have a great relationship but maybe in the future we don't know or maybe you never will but you know what maybe you have a dope ass husband or wife maybe you have some great ass kids or maybe you have an amazing career like no one has everything all together right like i'm not married and in the past that would have made me feel like i'm missing something you know, but now I have a greater relationship with my mom, something that I used to pray for when I was married. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's 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 about like really understanding that whatever you feel you're lacking, like gre- it's because there's some grieving that needs to happen with whatever expectations that you have. And once you do that, you don't feel like you're lacking anything anymore. Like you're in abundance. Gosh. And that would came up for me too. It's like breaking a bone, right? It's only temporary, so it's going to hurt for now. My toes may never be the same, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter, though. It's like it's going to go – you go through that process. They may change. Um, Like I said, now I'm going to have a healthier relationship with – or awareness 
of my capacity to move and mm -hmm. I'm gonna and I'm moving more intentionally so there's that so there are blessings and all of this yeah. and I think it's like I've, I've had to grieve that old version of me where I didn't have to think about anything I was just moving let's right. let's go and do the thing and now mm -hmm. I'm just like I've had to focus on things that matter prioritizing things so this really came into my life as a blessing to slow me down yeah and it's given me the opportunity to reflect Mm -hmm. on a lot of things so when you're grieving it's not a bad thing it's like you can you can grieve even like bad relationships so I, I want to throw that out there too because yeah. I think a lot of people think well that was a that was a shitty relationship anyway or blah 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 there's still grief involved there of course yeah. so it's like we want to cut all these things out but everything takes time and it does take time to heal and and yeah. that reparation portion of it it's like wait hold up what is it gonna is it gonna look the same right it's like you break a vase and you like I don't know if you've seen these some of these um, vases where they put the little gold yes. on it and then it just yeah. looks like it's part of the design. You decide how you want to decorate this grief yeah. and this this new version of it mm -hmm. to move forward. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, you can let go. It's like, like please, I beg you, release that bad version or this grief is bad and happiness is good because right. we're all the things and we experience all the things. Mm -hmm. If you want to be fulfilled embrace all of it because if if I want to love really hard I'm probably going to lose really hard and yeah. it's going to hurt like hell so yeah. I've already I've experienced that mm -hmm. and understanding that then it's like is it worth it and sometimes it's scary because even like yeah. having a friendship um, I had told you recently too it's like do I really even want to be friends with this new person like it's just going to take the, too much time and is yeah. it even what's the point and I think that's where you start going because what am I afraid of? That I've yeah. already, like, I'm already losing them. Before yeah. I've even, I'm like, I think there was somebody posted a video of uh, Mark Groves and he's talking about when you fall in love that even. Was <laughs> it was you. No, but you see how he's talking about yeah. uh, falling in love. Once you start falling in love with someone, you're already getting ready to lose them. Yeah. And to hurt because. Absolutely. You know, if you go really deep, you also go really deep on the opposite yeah. end. Yeah. It's the same thing with kids. Like, the again with the mass shooting one of the first things that came to my mind was the thought of losing my children right that's always going to be a possibility mm -hmm. but i'm not going to live in fear of when or how you know you know uno como padre you you hope that you go first mm -hmm. because you don't want to experience that but at the same time that is a, an indication that you loved hard and mm -hmm. that you allowed something that amazing into your life as difficult as it may one day be and i've told you this before where i'm like i've never had anyone close to me pass away mm -hmm. the grief that i know has nothing to do with someone going to the other side the grief mm -hmm. that i know has to do with losing material things in the 3d mm -hmm. which you know for me was really new to me um but when I think about like how you're talking about the more you expand in love for someone, yeah, the the deeper that loss is probably gonna feel, and the the more you know you're being sort of like understanding that there's a, a loss that's coming because I went through the same thing with my dad when I started to contemplate whether or not I wanted to have a relationship with him when we reconnected, and he's very sick, like very very sick. He's not that old. He's like 60. My mom's like two years younger than him. And, you know, I see my mom. Like, I 
can see my mom, you know, si Dios quiere, she will live a very long life because she takes care of herself. I mean, yeah, she's got some chronic illnesses, but she tries her best to take care of herself. My bio dad has completely like, you know, he's feels defeated. And to me, that gave me the information of if he doesn't believe in himself enough to take care of himself, if you have a relationship with this man, he's gonna he's he's gonna leave you mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. And I'm, I'm at this time when I was contemplating, I wasn't conscious of it mm-hmm. until I sat with it. And I'm like, I'm afraid to have a relationship with him because I don't want to experience the loss of him again. He abandoned me when I was a baby. He was out of my life for 30 plus years. Why would I want to experience that loss again? Right? Oof. So yeah. I get it. Like we sabotage ourselves from these amazing opportunities because we're so afraid of the loss, the inevitable loss. It's it's inevitable. We're all going to die. Yeah. So even if yeah. they don't leave you in a relationship or if they don't walk away, we're still going to quote unquote lose each other through, you know, like yeah, Some natural causes. Yeah. We would hope or just the way the the universe works. Yeah, but grief is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable at first. Even now like when I feel it, it's so crazy how I can experience a multitude of what in the past used to feel conflicting and contradicting feelings, but now like I feel joy in the midst of my grief. Mm-hmm. Because I know that something magical is happening. As shitty as it feels, like I'm able to feel joy and anticipation and hope through the fear, the sadness and the hopelessness. It's so amazing how the how I well I have that capacity. So even in my grief like I feel it and I can allow myself to feel it fully mm-hmm. knowing that it's not the end, mm-hmm. knowing that there's hope and knowing that there's more beyond that. Yeah. I don't know that that I'm all the way there yet. (laughs) (laughs) I have have a a lot of grief with even good feelings and excitement and, you know, Mm -hmm. experiencing um, just any kind of, uh, gosh, any kind of excitement towards anything. I start feeling, like, afraid to fully embrace Mm -hmm. it because I do, but it's acknowledging it. And I think in the past I wouldn't acknowledge it. I would just kind of like, eh. I'm not even going to try because if I don't try, then I won't be disappointed. Right. And I think yeah. most recently as, as we're working through things, um, that's changing mm-hmm. because I should like nothing is forever. Right. So I'm really practicing this fucking being present is a, it's a journey in and it of itself. I'm like, Jesus, it's a you lot. You got this. So yeah, if you're out there, I mean, hopefully you got that grief is not a bad thing. Nope. Grief is something you should embrace. Give it a hug. Yep. Give it a little kiss. Take it out for a walk. Take it out in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it to the grocery store with you. Fuck it. Buy it a soda. Do name your grief. Yes. It'd be like, what am I gonna call it? <laughs> I know. You could be something like, what do we want to call grief? Oh gosh, I don't know. I used to want to be named Samantha for some reason growing up. Maybe that's what I should name my grief. Samantha, what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't what am know. I gonna call mine? I'm gonna call mine. Oh. Jacinta. I need an archangel name, but I'll figure it out. There's a list. Um, but, but it's it's when you start visiting, it's like, no, you're here to bless me. You're really here to bless me. And yeah. I, I feel I feel really 
I feel like it's a gift to be able, like you said, to feel a multitude of, of feelings. And part of the expansion is that because I think I'm going backwards. I'm not afraid of the ugly feelings. Now I'm afraid of the good feelings. It's like, wait. Yeah. No, 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 no. The polarity. Yeah. I was like, oh God, yeah. no. This this feels good. This is weird. This is not real. And um, even if something feels mm-hmm. too good, then I yeah. start questioning it. You know, it's like, wait a minute. It's like you're having a massage. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to make sure that it's, you know, it, it should hurt a little bit. Because mm-hmm. if it's too relaxing, yeah. it's not good. Uh, but you know, it depends what you're you're aiming for. But in life, allow yourself to feel all the things in that present moment, even if it doesn't feel the best. Grief is is here to help us. But with that said, too, if you're feeling shitty situation every day, this the grief has nothing to do with other things, you guys. So if you feel shitty in other situations, say no to the things that make you feel like shit, and yeah. say yes to what makes you feel good. Right. But like I said, grief is different. Yeah. And also if you've been in grief, like there's no time limit on grief. Mm-hmm. And it can come and go whenever it needs to. And there's people who are feeling their grief for years. You know, I know I, I was in it for like four to five years. Mm-hmm. And like consistently. Right. Um, and I think it's important to also understand that if you're in grief for a really long time without any breaks, like you can ask for help Mm -hmm. like you don't have to go through it alone Mm -hmm. you don't have to force yourself to put on a smiling face but there's people that can help you process there's people that can sit with you in that space that have the capacity and are more than willing to love you in that space Mm -hmm. but you have to be willing to have the courage and be like you know what this is hard Mm -hmm. i need help you know and, and therapy can help with that if you're honest and vulnerable and open with loved ones and friends, no one's gonna say no to you if you're honest about it. If you're defensive and mm-hmm. you're like, "Why are you questioning me?" It's gonna be hard for someone to support you because they're like, "Oh, they don't. They, they need space. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not communicating clearly." Be clear and be like, "This is hard for me to say, but I need help." Yeah. Can you help me? How can you support me? I don't know how, but can we figure it out together? Like, learn the language. Learn how to say the thing. Yeah. And it's it's important, too, because if you acknowledge that you're in denial of how you feel, then, of course, you're trying to convince yourself that you're okay. Like, Mm -hmm. that's been me for a long time. I I sit in denial, and I'm like, nope, I'm fine. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to convince myself. Yeah, and and, I know when you're in denial because you start to get, you start to feel annoyed. (laughs) And I'm like, no one feels annoyed for no reason. That's not who you are. What's really going on? Why are you irritated? Yeah, I was like, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to convince me, but, you know, pushing me outside of my, but I can't have that relationship with everybody. That's that that part too. Yeah. Um, So feeling safe. So be around people that you feel safe Mm -hmm. and processing the grief. And even if it's your, your cat that died or your dog that died, you had a pet. Oh yeah. It might take you forever to and don't don't downplay it. Yeah. Cuz I hear people it's like I know I heard my friends say, you know, I know I was just a cat. My gosh. Yeah. No, 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 it's mm-hmm. not just a cat. That's a family member too and uh, whatever relationship you have with your pets, that's important. So, don't downplay it. Embrace it like I said and yeah, I hope you're all doing okay out there. Yeah. Um it's a hard time and we're trying to navigate this time and space the best that we can so be be compassionate towards yourself and others and yeah try to catch yourself when you're projecting you know some of this um frustration i know it's not easy to witness what's happening in the world so give yourself some time to rest and and take care of yourself and your loved ones and be kind 
be gentle with yourself first and then you can do that for others yeah but yeah thank you so much thank you for being here and for showing up as always i love you i love you we love you guys thank you so much for sharing space with us take care we'll talk to you soon okay love you all bye bye